You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Basil Gordon here. Happy Wednesday. Today's going to be a really dope episode of Rewind with Basa. Why? Because I actually have my good sis Trey Holiday with me, who is also a queen of Converge. I've definitely done different shows with the queens, but I've never brought them into my home of iHeart. So we're definitely changing all of that this year. And you already know I had to start it out with my girl Trey. So with that being said, we're going to jump right into my intro and then we're going to bring in Trey Holiday. Hey, Trey. <laughs> hey, what's up, Basa? Thanks uh, for having me. Of course, of course. We are all mildly coordinated. It wasn't even planned, but I'm here for it. Yeah, all the time. Anytime I can be with you and we're, we're rocking our colors, you know, okay. I'm with it. I'm here for it. So, okay. I don't even know where I want to necessarily start with you because you're someone that I've known for a long time, but I want to know more about, right? Like you have a lot of different things going on and uh, I just feel like this is a great opportunity for me to get to know you a little bit better, get to know more about, you know, the past and the different things that you've done over the years before I actually met you and even what you're working on now. So for starters, I loved and I found it so interesting when I found out that you did theater and I found out that back in the day you were doing theater and you still want to when we were in L.A. for Hadestown because you mentioned it. And so I just put that in my little Rolodex. <laughs> I put it in the Rolodex and I was like, well, come back around to that. But tell me and, you know, the audience a little bit about how you got into theater. Well, it's, you know, such a, a, a interesting story as a young person. Uh, one day I was in the car with my parents and I heard this ad for it was called ABC Kids and Teens. It was in Bellevue It's a talent agency for young people that are looking to learn more about TV and film. Mm-hmm. And I was nine at the time. And I had this whole like almost like babysitters club thing going on. So even as a young person, I had my own little enterprise. I yeah. had people we I would send them out to babysitting jobs like it was a thing. And really, for me, I was like, OK, I'm going to use some of my babysitting money and I'm going to put it towards me doing this course. It was like a eight week course or something. So let me get this straight. At the age of nine, you was like, I'm going to pay for this myself. Yeah, no, I was like, OK, look, parents, I need your input. I need a little bit of investment from you, but I'm also going to invest in myself. They're like, all right, you know, bet they they like that I came with that, you know, so yeah. they don't have to pay for it all. But I was being serious. I was also showing them that I was going to wake up early on them Saturday mornings and, you know, take that drive with them to get my butt to Bellevue to do these classes. And so they invested in me in that way. But I, I put some money into it, too, yeah. you know, and that was really the start for me. I did a lot of TV training, modeling, uh, you know, learn how to audition, um, you know, really putting my uh, talent, pulling it together um, at, a, at such a young age and all the things that I did. I was on like Bill Nye, the science guy. And, you know, I got to do all these different TV shows. Bill, and Bill, <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got to do all of these different kind of TV shows and movies and just, you know, small things. Yeah. And, and I realized that there was a lot of film that was being produced in Washington. So I got to really see that as a young person. And then when I got a little older, you know, I think in high school is when the theater really took shape for me. Um, 10th grade year, I went out for my first show and never looked back, you know, right? I got the leading role in that show um, and I just enjoyed theater so much. It was another way to really show
showcase that acting talent. Yeah. And so I kind of took that, did, you know, leading roles, also did stage managing in the back. I, you know, I wanted to learn it all. Yeah. And um, and then took that to, you know, college for, you know, communication and theater production. And just that, that's just been my thing. So started out at nine. Wow. OK, so question Nowadays, with everything that you've done back then, producing films, and of course, you know, the reason why I definitely wanted you to come up here was for Nurturing Roots to talk a little bit about that. But where, where did the love for producing film and doing productions come from? I think so much of it is a uh, growth, right? Yeah. Because you start off being a character in a show or a play or whatever. But you begin, like for me, I had this creative eye that was like, mm, but what if we did it this way? Mm, but what if the camera was shot it this way? Um, and so I started to really kind of play with that more mm. in my college years. You know, first going to Howard for their theater management program. Shout Yo. out, go Bison. <laughs> um, but also then coming back and finishing my degree at uh, UW yeah. and being like, you know, I got something that I want to share in terms of storytelling, but it meant that I had to go from being on the camera to being behind the camera mm -hmm. and just being able to uh, understand angles, shallow depth of field, lighting, audio, all of the production, you know, pillars that you need to actually pull any type of film or short interview or any type of video together. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it was for me was that I just, I, I was seeing it different, Basa, right? Yeah. And it was like, you, you know, you, respect the director you're working with on any different project but then to become the director to become the producer to pull the crew together to have this overall vision that's really where I feel like I sit in the pocket mm -hmm. um, to, to a certain degree now did you do any like training for that within school or is it just like a, a natural eye because you know for me I'm like I want to produce things but I'm like I don't know how to freaking start I don't know where like it's it, there's a lot that goes with it and I'm like I probably wouldn't have even thought to get that shot so it was like that was part of like your college that you when you did it? Yeah, absolutely. That was a part of it. I did a whole communications program and video production was a heavy portion mm -hmm. of that. And even though I didn't go to film school, we did a lot of production. We produced a lot of small shorts on our own. Uh, we got to really get the feel for, you know, doing the work on the field, bringing that footage back in, editing that footage into something that we really enjoyed. So I, I, I realized that like, hey, I, I love all of of that, mm -hmm. which is really what led me into that kind of producer director role, because when I can work with people who specialize yeah. in the, the video part, who specialize in lighting and audio and then editing. Now I'm like, OK, I'm working with a whole team of folks who that's their specialty. And my specialty is the visionary. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something I, I truly enjoy and really got to uh, do uh, with the Nurturing Roots film. I love it. So, you know, I watched the Nurturing Roots film. I've watched it like three times now. And my that first scene with the dirt and before we even get into it, the decision to do the highlight on Nurturing Roots. Let's talk about what made you want. Like, I mean, obviously you can produce a film about whatever you want, but that was something that you were passionate about. So what what pulled on your strings to be like, let me just do a full on spotlight on this? Yeah, it's so interesting because when you're in community, you actually see community brilliance mm -hmm. all around you. Right. Like I know you experience this, you know, it doesn't matter what you're in. You see a lot of talent. Yeah. And I was so I've been so moved by Naima Clark 
in particular, the way that she shows up in community, the way that she gives of everything to community, the way that she builds up the opportunity for people to come in, to volunteer, to be a part of that space. I've just loved, loved everything about it from the gate. And I'm like, oh my God, we need that. Yeah. You know, when we think about sustainability and black community in particular, you know, we got to go back to the pillars that we've always had in community and agriculture and farming is one of them. Mm -hmm. And it does not get talked about enough in terms of young people like her who actually are, she really is a farm queen, right? Who, who, uh, loves toiling the soil and then bringing that opportunity for other community members to do it for their first time for them to find their love of it Mm -hmm. but it's something that our ancestors understood and really agriculture is something that was in the first civilizations back in ancient Egypt and Kemet and I love that we are doing something so powerful in our communities now that really emulate and showcase that brilliance Mm -hmm. and that legacy from way back then I mean if you think about the way that history has has moved um you know so much now we're understanding so much started with ancient egypt and it was before it was called egypt it was kemet so much started there all of the greeks and all these other cultures and other places went there to learn yeah and then brought it back so when i connected with naima you know we've had so many talks over the years and uh you know shout out to her and the entire crew over there at and she's such Roots. a bright energy yeah i mean she is and every time we connect I'm like, I'm like moved emotionally, like literally. Right. And so it only seemed fitting to be like, you know what? This is a story that I want to be a part of telling. You know, she's worked with other folks to pull together her story. She's done videos. She's she has. But I was like, there's something special that I want to share about the the. Uh, importance of uh, of a nurturing roots in our community and then the importance of Naima Clark herself mm-hmm. right and so I, I love that the film really pulled that out um, I was just elated that she said yes you know let's let's partner you know Heck to yeah. tell this story you know what I I was very surprised within the story um, I forget what uh, the the girl's name was, but she was talking about the muscles and and the and the mushrooms and how they're all connected together and how all of us people are so connected together. Um, what is your favorite thing? Because I feel like you would have a garden. <laughs> what has been your favorite thing to plant? Like what is what is what makes you be like? You know what? This is what I want to grow today. Yeah, you know it's so interesting because I I wish I did right. Like I I, I literally you don't have, I don't have one. And I don't, I don't have why. a green thumb, and that's probably what intrigued me about yeah. it too. Because I needed to I needed personally to kind of see how it's actually easy, Mm. you know, and we have this perception of like, oh man, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. They teach you how to grow in your home, in your, you know, uh, apartment, downtown Seattle, right? Like we can all have a little something. A little something. And so I, um, like, uh, I guess like last year sometime I learned about, um, hydroponic gardens, right. Mm -hmm. And how you can have them in your home. So I started getting really intrigued there. And so it just, for me, I think one of the things that I'm excited about is that now I get to take some knowledge and do something right and especially when I think about really having my own kind of pea patch right Mm -hmm. Um, and going out to my garden grabbing vegetables that I can just make right there I love I'm a girl who loves fried green tomatoes you know right I would love to be able to grow my own green tomatoes and clip them and fry them up myself they got some good ones they do they got got some good that is my dish there like I just 
<sighs> and I think to myself how, how much better they could be if I did them. So that's where I'd no, be at. Period. I'm like, Tolu Petit has some good ones, but I'm like, ooh, they could put a little this and a little that in there. Well, it's like so one of the guys that. was saying uh, he probably eats, he was like, he eats the chicken eggs yeah. every day. He yeah. was like, but eggs here taste different than eggs within the store. Yeah. And what I've, I, I don't know, like I've been doing a lot of research on just like the different food plants and how like a lot of farmers are being forced to get rid of their crops and how they're not necessarily letting them all stay open. And I'm like, this is amazing because one, we do need to be able to grow our own food. Like the yeah. fact that if you were to be can be some seeds right now, I wouldn't know what to do with it or how to start is kind of bad. But also from what I've been told, they're making it to where a lot of our fruits aren't having seeds in them anymore. And it's like our foods are becoming like really manufactured. Mm -hmm. So things like nurturing roots really do need to be protected because, yeah. you know, like my grandma, she taught me like some gardening when I was younger. So like I would mow the lawn, I would help her garden. But at the age of 33, I, <laughs> Look, I had to say RIP to two plants already. This year. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I got like one that's like doing really, really well. But I personally don't know a lot about gardening. But mm -hmm. it's something that you enjoy when you see a plant grow. You like eat that tomato that you grew or you see the rose finally blossom. Yeah. I remember one time my aunt ended up making a soup and she was like, I am so proud to say that everything in here came from my garden. See? Every single vegetable came from her garden. The only thing that obviously didn't come was like, you know, the chicken. But I I think she even made like grew some potatoes or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. See, this is what I'm saying is that that's going back to what our people have always done. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate about the story of Naima, because I'm like, you are our ancestor. You know, I feel that way about all of us. Like we're all here because we had to be here in this time, in this paradigm. But when I think about the speciality that she brings uh, I was like, my gosh, you know, you care so much and it's clear. And you were talking earlier about Olivia, who was talking about the mycelium, mm -hmm. right? The mycelium and how it connects all of these plants and how we're all connected as individuals. But as humans, like there's something that connects us all. And I loved that she said that because it is so true when we think about being in community together building together growing together there's something so special about us having that understanding now when societally they try to push us to be so individualistic right mm -hmm. oh well this is my phone over here and I'm doing my own personal scroll and I got ads that are coming directly to me based on other things I've clicked other videos I've watched there's this micro targeting that happens at a very specific individual level and yet when you look at the whole all of us are going through the same similar synapses in our brain because of the way society is built mm -hmm. and I see the same thing when it comes to farming it's like the way that plants speak to each other the way that uh, you can have different plants growing next to each other in the same plot of soil mm -hmm. there's something really special about and that and they're still so, respecting each other's yeah, roots <laughs> yeah you know what I mean and they get to flourish and be their own beautiful self but yeah. meanwhile they're all in this soil you know growing together underneath and it's just a beautiful idea and concept now, one thing I did notice within the film is she was talking about how her lease is going to be up soon. Yeah. And they wouldn't uh, allow her to one, buy the land or two, even like re uh, renew her lease, which to me is wild because it's like it, you're you're on church's land. So you would think no shade to the church. You would think that you would want to keep that there. Yeah. Do you know um how they're doing in their process of being able to either keep the space or being able to, I don't even know if you could part like, 
properly uproot that space because like they said, it's been there for so long to where it's like, even if you take the plants with you, the memories and the energy that was baked into that place is now gone. Yeah. And, and they've built it up, too, because um, in the video, we don't talk much about it, but they actually built a whole pavilion. So they wow. have, you know, you see her. So they've added with to the it chickens. while they were there. Absolutely. Um, that was a bunch of blackberry bushes before they got there. Wow. And blackberry bush bushes are an invasive species. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes the like they literally come into a space and take over. And so it took hundreds of volunteers to uproot the blackberry bushes that were there for them to even have the farm. And that's a part of the story that's not captured in the video. But, you know, others from Nurturing Roots really share that story and how that was like a a way to bring community into it. And it was so beautiful that people were like, yeah, we'll volunteer. Yeah, we'll come out. We'll help get this these blackberry bushes up out of here. But they've been able to build uh, in that eight years. You can only imagine how they've cultivated that land Mm -hmm. to now be what it is. And, you know, I think this is why I really appreciate uh, the video just sharing their link so people can learn more figure out what they can do how can they help uh you know now they do have the funds Mm -hmm. to purchase land and one of the things that they're up against is not only you know the church um not selling to them right now but also they need to spend that money that they were granted right and so it's like a timeline on it exactly you know the 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 grantor is like hey What's going, What's going on? on? You know, you've gotten this money. So there's um, some some factors there that I think are really important. And ultimately, as community, you know, the one thing we can do is reach out. You know, hey, how can we help? How can we support? You know, really uh, connect with Nurturing Roots. Go out to their volunteer days on Sundays. You know, bring your children out, your neighbors, your friends, your family. You know, get people to know that this exists right mm-hmm. there as a real gem on Beacon Hill. It's yeah. like it's right there by Graham. And, you know, it's one of those things for me that I just wanted to share this story because I'm like, man, more people need to know what's going on up here and need to be able to support it. Um, now, where, whether they have to move, that's like a tough one, you know, because uh, as you can see, it's clearly you know, painful for Naima to even think about having yeah. to move after all of these years of cultivating that space and that land in particular. And so I just, you know, that's another reason why I was like, I need to share this story yeah. because I want people to know that you exist and then I want people to figure out how they can help. Well, that and, you know, for me, that part, like while you're watching it, you feel all warm and fuzzy. And, you know, I'm thinking about my grandma teaching me how to like, you know, clip the the flowers if there's mildew on it or whatever have you. And, you know, I'm just like, this is so great. This is an amazing opportunity for black people to get back in, you know, to gardening and get back into our roots, like literally. And then she says that they're about to get rid of that space. And I was like. I wasn't expecting that. The climax. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And so now I'm like, well, for one, definitely want to highlight it myself. But also, like you said, it's like, how can we help make it to where you can either keep that space or you're able to find something in time? And I guess I guess my easiest way of helping is spreading the word about the film so people can watch it Um, outside of nurturing roots. Um, because you guys definitely need to check out the film and do something to help. And even if that's just sharing it, you know, sometimes just sharing a link makes it to where people are able to like find out about things. Yeah. Um, but community wise, you're always doing things in community. Let's talk a little bit about what you have gone, what you have going on this year Yeah. for community projects. Well, it's so exciting. You know, obviously the day with Trey uh, in terms of community just keeps me busy because just like you, it's, you know, we 
we both really connect on wanting to share people's stories. You know, we hear about these incredible people. We come across them in, in what we do. Right. Um, and yet we get a, a platform to share what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited that season two of The Day with Trey is really picked off on on such an amazing way of like wave of doing that where, you know, other folks are now reaching out to me. They're like, man, I need to come on the show. Or people are like, hey, yo, I know about this person who's doing this amazing thing or this new artist or this new whatever and it's just like yes you know um so i'm really excited for that it's it's uh for me it has really truly been such an honor and a pleasure to have that platform and to have somebody come on and then after their interview for them to like immensely thank me for just allowing them to be on the platform Mm -hmm. and sharing their story and it's like Ooh, you know, that's, ooh, that's where it's, you know what I mean? Like that's, ooh, that hits me deep in the chest. Cause I'm just like, mm, that's what I do it for. That's what creating impactful media is really all about. Um, and then I will say that, you know, this, this work in the community, you know, we've been seeing gun violence. We've been talking about it on Converge and a multitude of platforms and shows that we have, uh, just how it wrecks our communities. Right. And I think after Devon Pickett, who was close to so many of us, um, at Converge, we have shared their story, their love story, the story of, you know, uh, the, the legacy of his grandfather, them doing the postman, them thinking about, you know, other locations, a bigger location, all of these things. And then we, we lose him due to gun violence. And it is shocking for so many of us in community because we're like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, there's somebody who was really doing it the right ways Mm -hmm. for so from what we could see from so for so many of us and um and i think so many people were just built up emotion over that and you know folks got together and they you know folks started to man what can we do what can we do we need to stop this right we need to do something about this and so i've been working uh with a group of individual organizers um to create a system, a a set of shared principles that we can live by in our community. That's like, yo, when we say we're part of community, this is what we mean. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're moving. And we created a community covenant just called simply the covenant um, where, you know, it's 17 we say about when we say Mm -hmm. we're in community. And hey, if you're not moving like this, I, I can't really rock with you like that. Because if you're over here, you know, protecting shooters, if you're promoting shooters in our community who end up being straight up murderers, if we're being honest, Period. whatever the circumstances are, I'm not saying some of it, maybe there's some issues there, whatever. We understand mental health and all of these other things. There's a lot that plays into that. But it's also on us. Yeah, It's on us to ho- hold ourselves to a higher standard and to do something collectively that raises our consciousness and our morality as a community you know we back in the day we would see an elder you know coming from the grocery store somebody would run over to make sure they don't got to carry their groceries to their car or if they see them getting out of their car with the groceries it's like oh no man i got you you know ma'am you know don't let me do that you know or let me help you walk across the street there's just you know when you see kids playing in the street it was like this overall protective measure of our people that is like missing what do you think um because you're absolutely right like when i was growing up i 
I grew up on 19th and Cherry. And so within that block, there were just all these houses that I would be able to go to. And like all all the parents knew me. We knew all the kids. We would have block parties every summer and all the doors would just be unlocked right. and everyone was just going in. There was no thinking about someone breaking in. There was no right. thinking about something crazy happening to your child or anything of that nature. It was just it was truly a community. And. I'm trying to figure out what the heck happened. Well, you know, it's it's been a plethora of things, honestly, Besa. I mean, we're talking about disruption of our communities due to gentrification. So we're no longer in the same space, many of us, which really kind of disrupts that notion of, you know, love thy neighbor, knowing thy neighbor, growing with thy neighbor, particularly in the Central District and South End. What we saw was, you know, uh, white families, honestly, coming into legacy black homes and building up fences, they didn't want to be connected, right? Mm-hmm. There was this idea of like, oh man, well, I, I'm going to have to call the city on your unregulated driveway because that's that's not safe, right? Mm-hmm. And so then community members are like, man, I got people coming to my door telling me my driveway ain't safe, you know, because now I got this new neighbor who's, te- and they've you know, been there for years and, it's, and hasn't it's bothered bo- anybody exactly. else. <laughs> and then it just, so it disrupts that whole connectivity. Mm-hmm. I think what the covenant is really aiming to do is to say, no matter where we are, when we collectively move as a unit by a set of shared principles and values, we will see elevation in our communities. We will see protection of our communities. We will see protection of our elders, our young people, of each other, right? There's no way that uh, we would allow certain things to persist that we see happening right now in some of our apartment buildings even, mm-hmm. right? Where we have a lot, a large portion of black people in, in some of these apartment buildings and we're seeing the, you know, proliferation of drugs and abuse and all that, you know, we I remember we when you told me about that when I was yeah. interviewing uh Jenny Durkin, it was a an apartment complex, and you were saying that there were homeless people staying in there. And I asked her about it. She's like, I didn't know anything about this. It's like, well, now you do. So what are we doing about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a part of it too, is that we have to be ambassadors of these principles by living them, by sharing them with other people. The goal is to not just have these principles. I mean, we're gonna have hoodies on MLK Day, we're gonna come out fly. Yeah. But ultimately, we want these principles printed up and framed and put up in our spaces, mm-hmm. right? I can imagine going to communion, seeing the covenant, going to, uh, you know, um, uh, the inside, going to NAM, going to, I mean, any, you think of any one of our spaces, the apartment buildings that are now being led and ran by like an Africatown Community Land Trust, seeing these principles. When people start seeing these principles everywhere, they're going to be like, wait a minute, what is that? And I need to get on, right? Yeah. Because everybody is going to move as a unit. We need that unifying nature again. It's been missing in our communities. And so that right there in terms of some of my community work is just me volunteering and being around folks that are that are about that life mm-hmm. and that are saying, yeah, man, I'm going to do what I can to make sure I'm living by it and I'm helping to spread it. And then we get it in all of our places. We get it printed up. We want to eventually do big things like billboards and TV commercials and all Mm -hmm. that great stuff. But until we get there, you know, it's about us living it and and really being unified, living it together. Yeah. And and I think that I was watching an interview with Cam Newton and ironically, he has like really a dope podcast (laughs) and he was interviewing Angie Stone. And he started out the interview with saying, you know, one of the things I want to do is connect the new generation with the old generation because there's a gap and it's basically creating like different issues to where it's little things like this. Like you said, 
We used to see old people coming out of the store and it would either be your mama telling you to get out the car and go help Mrs. Jackson or I don't know this lady, but she doesn't or whoever. Or you would just jump out the car and do it yourself. But nowadays we're all so into our phones. We're all, you know, just into ourselves so much that we're not even paying attention to the community things that are happening or just doing the little bare minimums to where you can actually do your part and just let something like even a nurturing roots to take it back to that. Know that they need funding, know that they need, you know, maybe even suggestions on where they can go or how they can find ways to prolong their time there. Mm-hmm. I think so much of it too, when when we take it back to nurturing roots is, you know, um, I don't know what role the community can play in terms of like, it's, it's going to ultimately be the church's decision. Mm. But I do think that seeing a swell of support from community could maybe have a positive impact on that entire interaction. I mean, it really just takes, and and for whatever reason, the church has decided that, I don't know, right? But it just takes them to kind of see like, when you talk about no to just like Naima or whoever her staff is, you're actually saying no to all All of of us, us, right? And so there's something for me that, um, and you know, doing it in a way that really creates a win-win, you know, uh, because it's not, there's not really a villain here. It's just that maybe they had some reasons why they chose that in the Mm -hmm. moment. doesn't mean that they can't make a different choice. And how does the community kind of show up and support nurturing roots to really say, no, when we say that what, we, we know what we need in our community. This is something we need in our community, Absolutely. right? And this is something that we support because we're going to be here on Sundays. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, uh, they have a whole, they, we didn't even show this. They have a whole open door policy at Nurturing Roots. Their, their gates are never locked. You, if you need produce, you can go there wow. and pick it for free. Um, uh, all of it is free, right? So they don't have a pay for produce system. They just have like, hey, really come and toil the soil, you know, mm-hmm. right? Take what you need. And the way you pay for it is just come and toil the soil. And even if you can't toil the soil, that's okay. Take what you need, right? Yeah. So it's just complete open door policy that we need to see more of in our communities. And they're really setting the tone. When I think about these covenant principles and these we statements, like nurturing roots is living it. They are doing it, right? When we talk about them being the mycelium, mm-hmm. that's real. You know, they really are that connector of community. And it's for all ethnicities to come in and enjoy. It's for all people in the community to come in and participate. Uh, I love seeing that they've had such a plethora of volunteers come through that space. Young kids, um, like you heard about Libby Tyree yeah. uh, from, from Eula there, like, you know, her son being there. My son has been there with his school and they were like, man, you know, wow, mom, you know, I was able to be in the farm with the with the farmers. They were telling me about this and that. You know, it is something that is special yeah. in our community and we got to try to protect it as much as we possibly can. My, I remember literally just thought about the story when my mom was telling me about how like my grandpa, like he had chickens in the back and he would cut off their heads and then he'd be like, look. <laughs> I'm like, how did I end up missing that whole thing? I'm like, you couldn't have had me just five years earlier. Right, right. Yeah, you wanted to see that part. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather was a hoot, honey. Oh, um, my goodness. So, in other things that, you know, obviously you're with Converge, you're on your second season of The Day with Trey. I'm curious to know, what would you say was the most special interview that you did last season? Oh, man, you know, it, it was tough. It was a tough call as I tried to pick my top five. Basically, you know, I had a hard time because I was only going to go three. And then I was like, oh, I can't really cut these other two. But I, I ended say, up going with six. I yeah, was like, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, I'm just not. <laughs> I mean, because really all of the interviews are so impactful yes. to me. Right. Like all of them, you know, talking about 
it from a state perspective or a city government perspective or some type of organization, um, uh, you know, city department. I love being able to be a conduit of information. Um, but I'll say there's just was something special and maybe just for me to, to sit and be with Baba Ron Chisholm and from the People's Institute undoing institutionalized racism. Uh, I know that that was almost an hour long episode because um, just speaking with someone like him. Um, it was 50 minutes. Yeah. See, see you <laughs> it know. was 50 minutes and something seconds. Yeah. Uh, just being able to sit with him and to honestly to be under his wisdom. Um, and we shared so much after the interview. But what he said to me that was really impactful was. Hey, Converge Media, y'all are organizers. Mm. Y'all are doing the work here. And he was like, the world needs to know about Converge. The world. He was like, not the state of Washington, not the United States, but the world needs to know what y'all are doing here. Because he said, it, whether y'all know it or not, he was like, you and everybody that's here. He was talking about Curtis because Cuddy was my director. He's like, everybody, hey, <laughs> everybody. Um, is a part of something that's major. Yeah. He was like, this is major, yo. And when you hear that from an elder, they've lived some life. So they've seen some major things in their life. And it was so powerful to me uh, to hear him see, uh, you know, us in that light as mm -hmm. Converge leading the way, telling our stories. He said, do you understand how powerful it is what y'all are doing? He said, y'all are real organizers and you're leading the way. Yeah. And he was like, people need to be watching this. They need to be supporting this. We, he was like very, he was very uh, moved by the studio, by that black brilliance there behind me that sits with me every day on the day with Trey, by the intentionality of even the Black Media Matters sign up there in the studio. He was so moved by it all. He said, my God, yeah. this is the work. And I, I promise you, I get chills thinking about it now because I'm like, we're doing it for our people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, I think about our ancestors being like, go, y'all. Right. Like yeah. cheering us on like you as well. My sister, like killing it up in here. I came in here. I'm like, this is killing <laughs> the game. Like, I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so proud of everything that we're doing. Um, so, yeah, that that for me, you could tell, obviously, it still holds a real high candle in my book. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back Black Love When We Met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash Black Love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for Black Love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. You also have another show on Converge and, you know, we're we're going to do nine, six randoms with base after this, but Black Love Season 2. Yes. It's here. We're working on it right now. Can you tell, if anyone that didn't see Season 1, tell, me, tell us a little bit about the, the reason why you started doing that show. Well, you know, it's something that uh, is just really at the heart of who I am. Um, I was raised around black love, my, my mother, my father, you know, I think losing my father um, last year was so impactful for me. And I was so glad to be able to showcase 
black love with couples before he passed and he got to see those mm. episodes and just told me how like he was like yo like that's super dumb you know but him and my mom have always they were always like lovey-dovey on each other like uh -huh. some daggone rabbits and it would be embarrassing for us as kids and so I grew up with that like real love you know what I mean and I really wanted to dispel the myth that we don't have that in black community anymore that you know it's all about hot girl summer and it's all about a dude getting as many women as he can and now women are like well screw that i'm gonna get as many dudes as i can like i wanted to disrupt that notion uh, yes that mentality may be out there yes but we still have couples that are just doing it mm -hmm. for each other and it was so beautiful to me to know that like in my personal life i was able to pull those couples people i know you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I'm like, man, y'all are great examples of this. And it doesn't mean that it's easy, but it means you work at it and you work at it with that partner every single day. And for me, I'm, I'm just moved by black love in general. So I'm so excited uh, for season two to, to, to get in the works. And, and, and I want to say something really special here too. I mean, for those who think they know of a dope black couple that's like just maybe they've been together a long time. Maybe they just got together, but they're super powerful. You know, I would really love to showcase that because yeah. I think we need more of those kinds of stories to break the monotony of thought of how desolate it is out here, you know. And for those who are single, it kind of gives you something to be like, man, OK, that's what I'm talking about. It's possible. About. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to just be out here single forever. You yeah. know what I mean? I can actually connect with somebody. I, let me, you know, let me do my job to open up and really make that connection. So I'm always wanting my my shows and my work to be inspiring and impactful. And, and those couples, all of their stories were that for me. Yeah, I love it. So, all right. Make sure that you guys head on over to, ooh, what's the link? It's uh, wherewecomverge.com forward slash black love. There we go. Uh, they can nominate their own couples, nominate the couples that they love. I love that nominations are coming in. Thank mm -hmm. y'all. We are definitely going to be rounding these up and figuring out how to tell these stories of these amazing couples. Um, and, and really, it's something so special because, uh, you know, black love we we talk about single parent homes all the time yeah. and we need to showcase that like nah we we got real love out here and people got love for each other and you know let's let's uplift the love you know i love it all right so we are going to do six randoms with Bisa. number one we go to a lot of different theater and ballets <laughs> what has been your favorite Oh, Beza, that's a tough <laughs> look. OK, I, I mean, you know, Town was a special place in my heart. You know, it was it was a special place in my heart. To uh, the point where we even seen it up yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw it three times. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I saw that show the most times because uh, I, I like I was like, OK, we saw it in L.A. We went to that opening. Then we went to the opening here and then I bought tickets to go again because I was like, this is so, dope. so good. I'm, yeah, I'm going to see it again. Um, but I really loved Moulin Rouge, too. That just I mean, uh, I, I, maybe it was that I knew the songs. Maybe it's where I'm at in my life to see that kind of risque, you know, these women loving their bodies and it not being like not being inhibited yeah. um, and just showcasing kind of like these dance moves yep. and the love. Um, I was so, like, I want to learn. I know. I, me too. I'm like, oh, let me get up there. I want to flick my leg and like twist and then do the can can. And of course, the costumes were phenomenal and the set was phenomenal. So and seeing those outfits up close. Yeah. And then to see them on the stage. I, I was like, that's the dress. That's the dress. 
pictures. I was like, oh, she's sparkling. I can see all the Swarovski crystals. Like, geez. Like, my you know, goodness. It, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's a tough call because I also loved Swan Lake. Uh, I was so and I was moved and enamored by it. Um, uh, th- there's so many shows based. It's hard. <laughs> OK. Um, OK. What would you say is your favorite vegan spot here? in Seattle oh that's a hands down no brainer Plum Bistro all day long I am at Plum probably weekly Um, that chili is so good there they know me there Uh, you know it's it's a thing you know I love the brunch I love the dinner they have a new dinner menu but you know it's black owned too so I absolutely adore that yeah definitely Plum how does Trey Holiday keep her peace I meditate. Um, I'm a, a avid meditator. I live by the 11 laws of my art. I'm practicing what my ancestors did. And for me, um, the the second law of my art is that, or the first law of my art is that peace is my nature. So I am uh, built from an inconquerable peace, right? That nothing can disturb. And so I go to my peaceful place through meditation and I cultivate peace in challenging situations through my visualization. I love it. Yeah. Um, what is something that you're most proud of that you were a part of last year? Ooh, geez. We're talking 22, by the way. I just think, well, yeah. you know, maybe you see this three years later. We're talking about 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I gotta say, uh, I think I's overall converged. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all the shows. It's all the love. It's a, it's a family. And uh, us at the Emmys was a vibe. <sighs> It was a vibe. And so I'm going to go back to that night at the Emmys, um, taking over 800 pictures with all y'all, and just, <laughs> you know, really celebrating uh, that win for us collectively, being a part of that and, and bringing my brilliance to converge and being able to be recognized in that way yeah. uh, was just highly impactful for not just me professionally, but personally. What would you say is some advice that you have for a girl that wants to get in media like yourself? Yeah, I mean, there nowadays there's so many avenues that didn't exist when I was yeah. young. But you have to really be diligent about this. I think anytime you're working on anything that's creative, you've got to know what you want by getting your toes in that water. Uh, you got to start somewhere. You got to be a production assistant, an intern, you know, figure out how to get plugged in with some opportunity so that you can be on production sets and never give up. You know, as a nine year old girl, you know, people are like, oh, man, you and Omari just started, you know, Converge. And then y'all was doing the morning update show. And they think that's where my beginning was. I'm yeah. like, man, I started when I was nine and I never, ever stopped it. I always had some layer of creativity in almost every job that I went to. And um, even when it felt like I was hitting a glass ceiling, I, I told myself, this is what I meant to do. So you got to start somewhere and then continue to believe in yourself and grow. And then last question, what is one misconception of being a black woman from Seattle? Oh, that that we're not uh, warm. You know, I get that uh, kind of whatever they call Seattle freeze mentality. And I'm like, that wasn't a thing when I was growing up in Seattle. Um, I don't attribute it to Seattleites. I don't. um, Maybe it is a thing, but it's not something that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And I definitely am not that right. Like you get to know me. I'm fun. I'm friendly. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm matter of factly, too. I get it. Uh, Because that's just part of how I roll. And sometimes it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay, (laughs) right? 
But I, I do, I always want to dispel that myth of like, oh, the Seattle freeze is real. Oh man, you can't get to know nobody up here. I'm like, nah, man, when you're in the right circles, man, people are loving. And mm-hmm. I want that to be what people really walk away with when they talk about Seattle or definitely black girls in Seattle. I know that's right. So first of all, day with Trey, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Uh, Trey and I both have events on MLK Day. Um did you want to like give a little bit of details on the rally that's going to happen? Yes. Yeah, so, of course, uh, you know, it's great to be in Seattle. The Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition has been putting together the MLK Day celebration. It's the longest ran celebration for MLK Day in the nation, Stop. celebrating 40 years this year. So it's a huge deal. You know, I'll be right there at Garfield, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It starts with that rally in the gym. Then we'll be uh, doing the march, ending downtown, um, the Covenant folks will be out there. So, hey, if you want to sign up to be an ambassador, you can go to the-covenant.org. We have the link right there. You can sign up and say, yeah, I'm going to live by these principles. Let us know you signed up. You can show us, you know, just take a screenshot of your page that you get after you hit submit Mm -hmm. from the uh, sign up and we'll give you a free hoodie. You know, we're out there going to be okay day. Yeah, you know, hoodies. I mean, we're we're really making a statement and I think that we have to embrace fashion. We we, we wear who we are on our sleeve nowadays Um, and so that's that's a part of that but I'm excited you know uh, come on down come to MLK Day at Garfield Uh, we'll be there on uh, uh, January 16th uh, on Monday so come on down check check us out it's a vibe I'm definitely going to come down to the rally if I didn't still have this boot I would totally do the march (laughs) but y'all don't want me hobbling around (laughs) y'all don't want that I'm I'm going to come for the rally yeah 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 come come stop by get a get a hoodie basically I got you sign up as an ambassador you already are one I might as well just sign up didn't you that's right (laughs) um i had one more thing i can't remember what it is but either way uh i will be at that rally and then at night i'll be at mopop are you coming oh i'll be there i will be there oh my gosh your mixers are a vibe so fucking excited i cannot wait um thank you yeah i'm happy you're gonna be able to make it yeah um yeah well shoot this was really dope um definitely learn more about you hopefully you all learn more about trey um make sure that you guys check out nurturing roots make sure that you guys sign up for the for the covenant and then also we will see y'all in person on mlk day so of course you guys already know until next time i will have not i will have child well i will have a great rest of my day that that is that is factual so maybe i did mean to say that but have an amazing rest of your day and as usual keep the energy high <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.